This is a Founding Media podcast. This podcast episode is brought to you by our friends Traverse Legal. They were super helpful as we started Founding Media and the podcast network. Traverse Legal has been changing the way law is practiced since its own founding in 2004, with a focus on utilizing technology to better deliver IP and business law services to founders, startups, and emerging growth companies. Traverse Legal's latest offering, Traverse GC, provides a monthly fixed fee, fractional general counsel offering to companies. Learn more by visiting TraverseLegal.com. Welcome to the Positive Influence Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Bancroft. On this podcast, we talk about how influencers got to where they are today and have them share helpful tips and stories in a positive way. This week, we're chatting with Katie Yerko. Katie's a wellness and lifestyle blogger at The Violet Fog. She talks a lot about love, skincare, and living a healthier lifestyle. Let's jump in and hear more about how Katie got her start. Katie and I got connected on Instagram through her boyfriend, actually. Um, he was like, hey, I know this super cool girl in San Francisco that's on Instagram. You should follow her. And she's now moved here. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So I'm really curious is how did you, A, how did you get the name Violet Fog? But B, how did you kind of start your blog, Instagram, all of that? Yeah. So the name, to be honest, doesn't really mean much of anything. It's kind of mythical in a way. Um, the Violet Fog, it started in San Francisco. So it was kind of an ode to the Bay Area, very foggy. So, uh, and Violet just sounded very feminine. Also to get nerdy, there's over 400 different species of violets, which is a flower. <laughs> so I'm like, there's all different types of women. Um, so yeah, it doesn't mean that much, but if you really want to get into it, that's what the Violet Fog is. Very cool. So how did you, how did you, you know, get started with the blog? Like what made you say, I'm going to start a blog? So I've always been a writer since, I mean, since I was a little kid, I've been writing and that's always my way of expressing myself. And I wanted to have my own kind of channel of the internet. I definitely, I always wanted to work for a magazine and, but a lot of the stuff that they were writing wasn't exactly what I wanted to write. I knew that I could find something that I could do that just meant something for me and would mean something for the other girls too to to read it. It's a little bit different if you read Violet Fog. Yeah. It's very streams of consciousness and um, just thought processes that I go through. And so I just said I was going to launch it. And I had been I had a fashion blog before that, and I would talk about thrifting and clothes got boring to me. My passion for writing was always there, so I one day just launched it, and it was really as simple as that. I created a WordPress site and um, I knew that I wanted to cover city life in San Francisco. So I did just that. Nice. Yeah. So how did you know, you know, you said you had a fashion blog first. So even with that one, how did you know how to get started? Like with a WordPress creating that, um, basically kind of what did you do to learn how to be a blogger? Yeah. So with the fashion blog, I mean, I, I would research all the time how to grow that and I first learned a lot in the fashion space and I realized that, I mean, to be completely honest, I realized I wasn't going to make much money talking about thrifting (laughs) because fashion bloggers were doing this high editorial stuff. They were making their money off of new clothes that they were selling and that just wasn't 
my style or my kind of thing. And, um, and I just also wanted to do more than just fashion and it wasn't fulfilling me. And, um, I always wanted to do something like write a book, but I'm kind of, I'm, I'm in the camp where I like instant gratification. So I couldn't sit down for that long and write an entire book. I would try and fail and try and fail. And so, I realized that articles would be more of my kind of thing. So I had taken what I had learned from my website of the fashion blog that I had and just applied it to, to something entirely new. And I brainstormed it. I worked on it for six months. I came up with 30 articles and it spanned from research pieces to uh, my deep, my deep think pieces. And, um, I mean, it was so scary, but I just knew I just had to launch and I was just kind yeah. of going to learn from there. And talking to a lot of other women, too, in the space, I've, I'm always asking questions, even to this day, even with the success I've seen with Violet Fogg. I think it's just a space where you have to keep on asking and seeing what other people are doing. So yeah. it's a process. That's awesome. So you said success. What was kind of um, the first time you were like, oh, OK, I'm doing this, like your first success? Yeah. So I think when it started to take notice in San Francisco, um, I would I all of a sudden started getting reached out to by these different brands and restaurants in San Francisco and all these women who are doing really cool projects around the city. They were finding Violet Fogg and writing me. And that's when I realized like it was starting to catch on. And then and then I would honestly say, I mean, it's I never had that big moment that was yeah. like I made it. It was more of just a gradual grow. But I think once I was starting to consistently hear from readers all the time, yeah. I realized I I had something there and it was important to keep running with it. That's awesome. So you just moved from San Francisco. Yeah. How has that been with your blog? Has it been challenging? Has it been you know easier to kind of connect? How, what's your experience been with that? To be honest, it's been really challenging um, because Violet Fogg was so Bay Area based and very heavy on the San Francisco content. I would talk yeah. about being a city girl and a lot of readers identified with me and, you know, me talking just about life in the city. I would often write about dating sometimes too. And uh, I mean, now I have a boyfriend, but yeah. before I would just <laughs> write about dating and, um, and now it's it's just a big life change. And all of a sudden, I'm in a whole new city. I have a boyfriend. I'm not writing about dating. I'm still writing about love, but not dating in the city. Yeah. And um, and it's it really has been hard. I hear from a lot of readers telling me that they miss me being in San Francisco. And um, it's I'm kind of at one of those places where I, I have to in a way, start from the ground up in a new city. I really hope to connect with Austin women here and build my readership in Austin. But yeah. I think any blogger that is moving to a brand new city once they've already built a readership in another city, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Yeah. Yeah. So you write, so you moved here for Dan, the boyfriend. Yeah. Um, and I loved loved your post about, you know, moving for love and all of that. And you do write like a lot of like very vulnerable pieces. How, how do you feel comfortable putting your, like, I try and do that. And I'm like, Oh no, I thought I can't put myself out there like that. Um, do you ever have like negative feedback? Like, how do you deal with that? Um, I don't have ne negative feedback. Sometimes <laughs> my mom cringes a little bit on like some of the things that I write, but for the most part, I, 
I just always knew that writing was my gift and it's the one thing that I've been consistently good at in life. So I have to make it work. Yeah. And I just know that if I go in just kind of lukewarm, I'm not going to get, you know, this kind of success that I'm hoping or I'm not going to get the kind of reach that I'm hoping for. So I just tell myself to be brave, but there, I definitely have anxiety every time before I hit publish (laughs) because I put so much out there. Um, but it, as time has gone on, I mean, it gets a little bit easier. Yeah. You kind of grow some skin. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So you do, you know, you write on so many different things. I'm getting all my new skincare tips from her. Um, (laughs) so how do you, how do you keep coming up with content? Like how do you keep things fresh and, you know, not get into a rut, that kind of thing. So I'm always researching and I'm always, I do things I do random things like I go I go walking a lot. And oftentimes when I go for my walks is when I'll think about what I'm going to write about. And it's funny when you put yourself in a situation where you can kind of be still with your thoughts, a lot comes to you. Mm -hmm. So that's been what's really worked for me. I mean, I'm constantly talking to other people. I'm constantly researching. I'm such a nerd. I'm always researching (laughs) books and articles and, you know, talking to people, interviewing people. So there's always something that inspires me and I just have the type of personality where something will interest me and I will become obsessive about it and I will just research 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 and then and then eventually write something about it so yeah That's awesome so when was the what was the first brand that reached out to you like for a collab and like what was your first collab that whole experience um so one of the first ones I don't know if it was the very first one but the first one that got me really excited yeah was Ollie Vitamins, you know, the gummy. Yeah. So that was the first big brand that ever reached out to me. And I remember thinking that they had gotten the wrong email or something. (laughs) I couldn't even believe it. Um, So that was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. And we ended up having a really long partnership that was really, really great. So that one actually ended up sticking for a while. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's been an experience, like maybe you don't have to say the brand name, but like a negative experience you've had with it? with a collab and how do you kind of deal with that? Oh, there have been some negative experiences. <laughs> um, I think a lot of the problems that I, that I, uh, that happened with me is, um, so a lot of brands kind of want you to be mouthpieces for something and they don't give you as much creative control or they, they just have, they put so much restriction onto right. what you can say and everything that it's not, it doesn't come off as authentic and, authenticity for me is so important. And so one time, like just to give you a very specific example, I was working with this brand, absolutely loved them. I'd always go above and beyond, send them extra photos and mention them all the time. I was really, really excited about this brand. But I'm really honest with my audience. I think it's really rare that a brand will put out something where you like 100% of everything. Like there's always just, that's like, you know, your favorite singer saying that you like every single song that they put out. There's probably one that you're like, eh. And so with these brands, um, you know, they want you to promote, you know, their latest and greatest. So this brand came out with a new product and I was not about it. I just, I knew that I wasn't going to use it. I tried it. Wasn't just, is nothing to write home to mom about. And also beyond that, I had written my standards for like, what this product was before. So I knew if I even brought it up, my readers would drag me and be like, this is not something that you are going to really use. So long story short, I told the brand, I was so nice about it saying that I can't, 
I can't promote this exact product, blah, blah, blah. And the next day they ended the contract with me. And, and you so had done many other things I had done with so them. many other yeah. things with them. And it just kind of hurt that it's like, it's that easy to just, yeah. you know, so sometimes, you know, a lot of brands are great and they look for good people who align with them. But a lot of times it's just a money thing or, yeah. you know, they're really quick to cut you out. So, right. yeah. That's hard. So how do you, you know, paid versus not, you show so many products, great products on your Instagram. And I know probably the majority of those aren't sponsored content. How do you kind of like, you know, keep that authenticity going with paid versus not paid? Majority of my stuff is unpaid. Yeah. I really try to keep the audience trust up. Um, I mean, I think it's so important to have a really, really good balance. I think um, I'm so... I'm so aware of that. I yeah. just don't ever want to lose the trust of my audience because it's so, it could be so easy to do. Um, people today just have like the highest bullshit meter ever. And yeah. they know if you are lying about something or just doing something for money. So I'm really, really careful to know that I really love something. I have to try it out for months before I talk about it. Um, and I would say that I really try to keep it under 10% of my content is sponsored, yeah. which is pretty great. Like I'm really yeah. proud of that. And I, thankfully I don't really have a shortage of things that I want to talk about and write yeah. about. So yeah. So it's actually been fairly easy for me to keep that balance. That's good. Yeah. And so you don't do any affiliates. And for those who don't know, affiliates is kind of like, you know, if you click through someone's link, you get a kind of percentage of, um, you know, whatever they buy, which... It's great. I use it for Amazon because I'm obsessed with Amazon. Mm -hmm. But for someone who doesn't use that, and I totally understand the authenticity part, you know, where does, for someone who is new to blogging, like where can they make money to support their blog elsewhere from affiliates? I think affiliates are a really great way to show support for other bloggers. I click on affiliate links all the time. Um, for whatever reason, it just, it started out that I wasn't yeah. using it and I was kind of loud about it. And I've had a lot of readers say that they love that I don't use it. So yeah. For that reason is mainly why I have stuck to not using it. But I don't know that if I would have if I would have started off using affiliates and and just it was what it was, I probably would have stuck with it because I do yeah. think that it is, is a good way for bloggers to make money. Um, but I think it does also work for me. A lot of readers like that I don't use it, mm -hmm. that I make my money solely off of the brands. But I think um I think affiliates are a great way for for bloggers to make money yeah. and brand partnerships. And there are so many different avenues when you have a blog that you can make an income. Yeah. I feel like when it's like you're first starting out, you're like, how on earth do I like even make money? So when kind of at what point did you start monetizing your blog and, you know, actually start making an income, somewhat of an income? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It took a long time. Yeah. I mean, I had my fashion blog before and I would write about other things too. And I mean, I did not make any money off of that. It, and I was spending so much time on it. And yeah. it was just – so it almost seemed like I was putting job hours into it, but it looked like a hobby because I wasn't bringing in any income. Um, and that was years. So truly in the blog world, I really didn't start making money for probably four years. Yeah. took a really long time. I think that people can do it way sooner now, but – I mean, even four or five years ago, there wasn't as much information as there is now. There's so yeah. many webinars and people sharing their knowledge. And then it was a little bit, there wasn't as much information. 
Um, and I think I was just so gung ho on on building this audience audience trust. Yeah. So I was always like, I'm not even ready to show that I'm making money yet. I need them to really, really trust me. So I probably dragged it out for way too long. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so it took me took me some time. So when did you decide, you know, at what point were you like, okay, because you're full-time blogging now. Yeah. So at what point were you like, okay, I can do this. I can go full-time. Yeah. So I started when I would talk to brands, I I didn't want to do one-off partnerships. My thing is mm-hmm. I, I want a real relationship and I want them to really know the Violet Fog audience. I want them to to appreciate them and and want to you know, to, to win them over just as much as they tried to win me over to pitch their brand. So, um, so I think I, I kind of restructured my business plan in that I said that I wanted to be basically on a retainer with them if we were to work together. And so once I secured enough brand deals, um, I was able to, to go, Long term, and also I would do other things too. In San Francisco, I would do, I would hold little events or little blogger events, and I would yeah. get paid. And so I always had okay. tiny little multiple income streams. And then I, as a writer too, I would do freelance gigs here and there. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, blogging is not always the most lucrative. No. It's really, really not. But but it's so satisfying, and I would way rather make less money and just be so happy with what I'm doing than make a ton of money and be miserable. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone's like not sure if they want to do it, would you, you know, say go for it? Or would you say you kind of like calculated out, you know, what you need to be making and were you very methodical or did you just go for it? I kind of just went for it. Yeah. Um, I'm not that methodical. I probably should be a whole lot more. I've never been naturally that organized. Yeah. So it's really hard for me to to come up with something and write it all down. I'm really all about the heart and passion and just just making it work, just finding a way to make it work. Um, but I, I would say if you want to blog, do it. Like you, you can do it, but also it is so much work. It's not just this fun job. There's so much that goes into it. So yeah. if you're going into it thinking it's going to be a piece of cake and you want to do it because it looks like the dream job, then – then uh, it's just, it's not going to be the yeah. way you think it's going to be. It's so much more work than yeah. I think um, people even realize. And it's way more than just getting free stuff sent to you. Yeah. Um, so what kind of like, where do you see the Violet Fog going in the next year or five years? Kind of what's your, what do you see it going for the future? So I, I'm very, very happy with where I'm at. I have mm-hmm. a really intimate relationship with the audience and I'm loving writing the kind of stuff that I'm writing. And I, I feel like it, it gives me purpose. I know that I hear from women all the time who appreciate the kind of stuff that I write about. And, and I just hope that I can continue to do that. I just hope that I can continue to grow in basically exactly what I'm doing. I, I feel like I should have an answer where like, I want to do X, Y, Z, but really I am so content with exactly what I'm doing. And I would just love to see it grow more and reach more women. Yeah. That's awesome. So what advice, you know, would you have for someone starting out? What tools do you think they should invest in first? Like SEO or, you know, doing Pinterest or what kind of, that kind of thing? I would say definitely some, I would get a WordPress site or, or Wix or something, just something that you feel really confident in navigating the 
customization tools, get a really great site down. I would say launch with at least 10 articles um, or 10 pieces of content um, and really give it your all. I feel like that's even kind of a good test round because you might be creating that content and be like, this is so much harder than I thought. And, you know, maybe this is not going to be for me, but I would launch with at least 10 articles. I would, um, one of the things I would invest in is either a great camera or a photographer. And there's a lot of photographers who are just starting out who would, um, who would probably love to work with someone who is also just starting out. It's a little less intimidating. And, um, I think that that, that helps working with a good photographer. Definitely. That's been that's been my biggest thing is trying to, you know, create that content to keep going and having the photographer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's really good advice. Um, I guess, you know, what's been your favorite part and your least favorite part of kind of being an in, like an influencer, so growing that social media, following that kind of thing? Because I know you have a love-hate relationship with social media. I really do. I know. I wish that I could just run the blog and not be it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of social media, there's so much just vanity metrics to it. And that just drives me crazy. And um, so my my favorite and least favorite parts, my favorite is definitely just the connection. I say it all the time. My favorite part of Instagram is what goes on in my DMs, yes. you know, with like, cause I'm always just having these amazing conversations with women and, and over email too. I, I mean, I write about such intimate and sometimes dark things that yeah. a lot of people don't want to comment on it publicly because it kind of reveals a, a part of themselves. And I, and I get that. So the connection that I'm having a lot often is kind of behind closed doors on the internet with NDMs and emails. But the connections that I'm making with women all across are by far my favorite part. Also being able to have a platform where I could show what other women are doing. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Like I love being able to just publish a really cool interview and talk about other women and take the focus off me and just be able to to kind of share that light. Um, the hardest part is it can be a really a big emotional toll because for sure, in a way, when you're a blogger, you're kind of selling yourself. And if people aren't responding to it, it's like they don't want this. They yeah. don't want you. And so you could work so hard on an article or, you know, a series of photos and it not do well. And and it's hard to not take that personally. Yeah, it really is. So like that is just there are times when I'm just like, what am I doing? Cause like this, you know, I will focus on one thing that did not perform as well and I will beat myself up for it. And then, but then I remind myself, you have to have thick skin. Not everyone's going to like every single thing that you put out there. So I would definitely say the my least favorite part is the emotional toll. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's been a big one for me is kind of, you know, trying not to take getting unfollowed personally or like, you know, Oh yeah. People, haters, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess to kind of wrap this up, uh, you know, what would be your dream collaboration with a brand? Like what brand or just kind of in general? So there, so I go after brands like crazy. I mm-hmm. hone them down. Like once I really like something, that's always been my approach. I yeah. don't wait for them to come to me. I just <laughs> send them so – I work so hard to get a brand deal. And one that I have just been trying to get so hard for two years now is with – this drink called Rebel. Mm-hmm. They it's not like a, Red Bull. Not Red Bull. Okay. <laughs> Rebel. Yeah. So they have adaptogens in their drinks like mm-hmm. ashwagandha. 
reishi mushroom and all this woo-woo stuff that I'm really into. And I've been just using their product for so long now and it's uh, dairy-free. I'm, you know, I'm all about, it just aligns with me so well. And I mean, it is sad how much I've been like just trying so hard to get their attention and yeah, um, and they're nice. Like they send me some free stuff all the time, but I really want a partnership with them. Yeah, so, yeah, that would awesome. be my dream brand right now. That's awesome. I that's awesome that you go after brands like that. You know, I've tried a couple of times, but if I don't hear back, I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. They don't want me. <laughs> yeah, but I think Sometimes that's definitely you have to keep after them. Any brand that I have a deal with, I really went after it hard. Yeah. Well, that's good to know for, you know, people starting out. Yeah. Don't take the first no. Yeah. Just keep trying. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, can you let them know where they they can find you, where they can follow you, all of that? Yeah. Thanks so much, Chelsea. They can find me. My website is violetfog.com. And my handles across all socials are at thevioletfog. And I would love to be friends with you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you again, Katie. I appreciate you sharing your story and always being real. We will put a link in the show notes to Katie's social accounts so you can see what she's up to now. The Positive Influence podcast team includes me, Chelsea Bancroft, producer Mariah Gossett, and audio engineer Jake Wallace. Thank you everyone at Founding Media for your support. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and maybe leave us a review on iTunes to help other folks find the show. Thanks for listening.